awesome. <clears throat> got a little bit quieter in here, and that's a bad thing, because that means y'all got to sing louder. All right, I asked them to stay because I like to do things differently, so we're going to sing again just because, and I didn't tell them this, but we're going to sing the last song that we just sang, um, and you more than welcome to stay seated, and yes, the other one after that, but you're more than welcome to stay seated because I believe that it's not always about what I have to say, um, but when the Spirit beats us here and um, we come here to do business with the Lord, it doesn't always have to be post-sermon, so I will preach. Don't get excited. I mean, I'm not going to cut that short, <clears throat> but I want to give you a few minutes uh, of the next two songs, whether you stay seated, stand up, it's whatever, um, but I think that there is power in reading these words and singing this stuff out loud because what I preach on this morning is accessing that name of Jesus that is inside of us. That is a wellspring springing up in us. But calling on the name of Jesus is something that we should be familiar with. It shouldn't be an abnormality. Amen.
believe deep down they would say that if that does not get you on fire, your wood as is wet as it would be sitting outside right now. And sometimes I just like them to do the preaching for me or preaching to me before I preach to you. But in all of what I want to preach about this morning has us looking at the beginning of the year and firing up 2022. No catchy themes, no uh, fancy titles, but I think the barometer of being able to look and sing and say, and Luke talks about this all the time, we talk about it, you sing something, you say it out loud, the Heavenly Father has heard you say it, and He knows if you mean it or not. I can't see into your mind, I can't see into life, into your life, I can't see into your heart, but God can. And as you sang through that, it is well with my soul, I pray this morning, that if you sang that and said, I think it is well with my soul, then this is where you go to make sure that you get that right. And thankfully, we all drew breath this morning. We all were able to get into a car. Yes, the conditions are not so favorable, unless you like yucky, but we're here and you're alive. And his word is still real. You still get to make choices that if that is still problematic and you sing that out loud because you're supposed to, because your neighbor might hear you, but you don't believe that in your heart, that you don't wait till 2023 shows up and comes around to make that a reality. Amen. So they're going to sing the last verse because we do what we do here as the body of Christ to get to that day when the Lord comes back. The most important thing is to make sure other people get to that. Amen. Got to hit that amen corner every once in a while because that's the exciting part about listening to old songs like this. This is straight up scripture. I like to do fun things, but that is the most important thing in life and here and seeing that day that I am alive for when he comes back.
Amen. Thank you. It's a good thing y'all were sitting down because I saw some of y'all about to take a lap. But you looked around. None of y'all have ever taken a lap. I take that back. Sorry. I want to say this morning that I am thankful for you. Five minutes till 11. You had me nervous. I know a bunch of y'all didn't come from the other side of that accident. So I know y'all was just late. But I'm thankful that you showed up because at five minutes till I counted 27. And now I see like 127. So y'all rolled in. I thought y'all got the memo that I was preaching. But we're going to, y'all showed up before. All right. We got a solid 15 minutes if we're going to beat Elkview Baptist. But we got a word that we've got to get through. Amen. Y'all saying I got to go quick? No. All right, I am thankful. He gave me a solid two weeks before uh, this morning, and I struggled all week, and I even called Luke this morning in a panic, and I said, wait, I'm confused. Um, Do you stress out and let the devil tell you that you've got nothing to preach on like 20 minutes before the service? He said, yeah, every week. I said, cool, thanks. I appreciate that. So um, I do have a bowl of fruit right here. In case you were wondering, that is there on purpose. It's not you don't know the purpose yet, and I hope to get there before it's all said and done. Amen? Phil, I called you, man. <laughs> just in case everybody else is like, I'm not amen in that. you got to just be there for me. I have a 20 for you. All right, I have a passage of Scripture that I want to get to this morning. Um, it's not the first week of January, so I can't preach a sermon on, you know, what kind of, uh, uh, anybody break their New Year's resolutions yet? Come on, you didn't make one? That's cool. Raise your hand, the rest of y'all. Don't be liars now. I've, I've already done it. I wasn't going to drink Mountain Dew, as you can see that I should have done that, but I failed January 1st. Now y'all are all like, well, I don't feel as bad because I didn't raise my hand, but I made some resolutions that I just ain't done yet. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Am I the only one, really? Somebody else fall on the sword with me. Okay, fine. I'll be the only one here to say I made a run to do a little better with my health. And as y'all can see, it's not working out so great for me. All right. If you've got a Bible, open it to John chapter 4. Uh, I want a story time this morning. Uh, starting in verse 1, it says, Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. I underline this in mind. It says, Now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, The water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. I'm going to pray for a minute. Lord, I am thankful this morning that you have given me a word. I would beg of you just to have it be 
what you need said and not what I want said. So just your words and not mine. In your name I pray, amen. So Luke got me a little bit last week on, on a part, but this is where the Holy Spirit ended up with me when I started 2022. So I read this story fast, not because I've had four cups of coffee, um, but because I always read fast. Plus, I love stories that we've heard a million times. Um, we've all heard this story. And if you're a visual listener, like anybody a visual listener, when somebody's talking, you got to like paint a cartoon out in your mind. Just y'all three. <laughs> I think it's me, Yes. I'll claim to be like you, Justin. It's all right. It's not a, it's not a terrible club. But I have to see all this stuff paint out. So as, as this story is going, uh, for me to be able to digest it, I, I, I just watch it play out. If not, I, I just can't remember it. So you have to visually think about what's happening at the moment. Um, two things that I find very important. Obviously, we've heard about the well before. But in the beginning there in verse 4, it says, Now he had to go through Samaria. Um, that's kind of true and kind of not true. So we have to get some biblical context because we are all about biblical context. Amen? What? Thank you. Absolutely. If there's nothing else, biblical context sets the story straight. It says Jesus said we had to go through Samaria. The problem is, is that they were Jews and the Samaritans were not, right? And they, while if you look at a map, you to go from here to there, from Judea up to up there, uh, you would have to go through it, but they would typically cross the Jordan and go around because they didn't get down with each other. They just didn't like each other. They were seemed to be unclean. They didn't get around. So it's an abnormality that Jesus says, I have to go through Samaria. Now continue to paint the picture in your mind. Jesus ends up at a well. Not all of his disciples typically left his side, right? That doesn't make sense. Um, but there he was. And I don't know if you, I get a picture. I don't know what a well of that time looks like. So I'm not going to try to paint that with the stool or anything. Cause I was about to stand and sit down right there, but I will not. But can you imagine a Samaritan woman rolling up with a bucket? I didn't bring a bucket. That's okay. <clears throat> with a bucket to draw water. And she sees definitely a Jew standing or sitting on the well side. Like that's already now it's a weird occurrence. It's a weird encounter, uh, but it had to happen. Divinely, it had to happen. And then they get through this whole understanding of Jesus wants water. There's no one else with him. Jesus said, I have to go that way, but he said, I want water. And they go through this whole thing where it says, uh, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that asked for a drink, you would have you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. That's obviously confusing because she's never heard of living water. Here's the point I want to make this morning where he goes down and says, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst again. And I've got written in parentheses from one of the million times that I may have preached this passage. It says, indeed, the water I give them will become, and I underline three different times, in them, in them, a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So that's the, that's the, the visual that I want you to stop on there for a minute. Uh, there are 1,400 sermons that could come out of that passage that you've probably already heard. The most important part that I want to draw to this morning is that well of water that springs up in you once you've had um, the taste of the Holy Spirit. Once you are saved, you have now this well springing up inside of you. Do you agree with that or not? Okay, so typically you should be able to, and I'm not one of those day or hour kind of guys, but just a time period is fine, but you should be able to go back in your Christian walk and remember the day that you showed up at the well and Jesus was there. Is that, is that correct? Because if you don't, singing the song, It Is Well With My Soul, would be hard to do, and you may be in that category. 
It's a possibility. But if not, if you remember the day that you went back there and you sought that living water that he had, say amen. Thank you. So you've all said that I've been there, which means that you indeed now have the well of water in you springing up to eternal life. Right? It's always there. So I find that uh, do you, you remember the beginning of those days, uh, whether it's a rededication or you get saved for the first time and you're, you know, you were excited no matter where you're at. You want to tell everybody about this Jesus. Siri's talking to me. <clears throat> you want to tell everybody about this Jesus that you just found. We, 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 we call that, you know, your original zeal, your excitement, you're on fire for the Lord. And we have to agree as a body of believers today, if you're all truthful with me, that at some point that zeal at least that original zeal starts to taper a little bit. Do you agree? It's, okay, so I, I'm going to give you an analogy today that that well that you've got might have a little bit of trash on it. So we, we can throw trash on our well. So um, things in the storms of life allow us to kind of quench that. Uh, I'm going to ask, I'm going to put husbands in a bad spot here. Uh, husbands, have you ever had a knockdown drag out with your wife before church on like trying to get ready and get to the door. Let's stop there. Amen. Anybody? <laughs> I feel like the rest of y'all is lying, but whatever. <laughs> oh, oh, Brad, Brad wants me to go the other way. Oh, hey, in true equality, uh, wives, have you ever had a knockdown drag out with your husband that by the time, <laughs> hey, that is an unequivocal amen. So as the, by the time you show up at the church, you are frustrated and mad at each other, but the minute that you get out of the car, both of y'all paint on your church face. Y'all been there? That's trash, right? That's trash on your well. That's, that's putting something on instead of you know, coming in here with the reality, which is why I started this morning with those songs, and we're going to end with the song. But I start with that because this is the place that you should be able to show up in that bad spot, in that bad spirit, and lay it at the feet of Jesus. I'm not saying the feet of Jesus or the foot of the cross only exists here. I mean, this makeshift altar, super hard on the knees, but God knows your intention if you end up here or at your chair or whatever. But all too often, we paint our Christ life side and our life life side. And that reality is, you know, what happened to that wellspring? That, that just came up and that overwhelming zeal that we had and on fire, right? So, so as I try to morph all of this together with the bucket of fruit in front of me, I'm hoping that we get somewhere before it's all said and done. But I may land this plane without talking about that fruit. None of y'all said amen. I like that. That means I can keep going. I took my watch off too. It's a preacher move. It's no jokes. Sorry, hang on. I did tell myself this morning, no jokes. We won't talk about y'all, you know, not coming because I'm preaching. Like, y'all are doing me a solid, but here we are. All right, for a moment. Oh, I did have notes. Okay, it's all right. So I want to get to figuring out how we identify that wellspring that we have inside of us out to the nation because um, if you've hung around Luke long enough, you know that the Great Commission is one of the very favorite things he likes to remind us about. Why? Because the, the, the reason that the church exists is to raise disciples, amen? And we have the ability as disciples for Christ to, to do more good to unsaved unbelievers in the world than we do them showing up here on Sunday morning, correct? 
So Sunday morning is a nice, peaceful place that's kind of a lax environment for if you've got struggles, drama, wife issues. I'm not saying we do. Don't look at me like that. But any of those things that you got to get rid of, this is a safe place because guess what? We get to all be honest with each other because we all like to throw trash on our well. Sometimes your wife likes to throw trash on your well. He, he silently amen. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I just want you to realize that the day we get saved, we have an, a, a beautiful zeal, and we've talked for years that that goes away over time. Sometimes things fire back. I don't know about y'all. We're singing it as well. We're singing I Speak Jesus. I want to take a lap, but these boots are too noisy, and this floor is too loud. You know, I, I, I think that is phenomenal. Music for me is where it's at. I mean, that is my personal preference because I like to sometimes I can't, think about the right things to say to express what I want. But if the song already says it and I agree with it and the Lord hears it, he now has made a circle connection with my heart. But I need to be able to give that to other people out in the world. Amen. The people at your work that are not like that. I need, Trevor, I need your help. I asked Bryson, but he doesn't want to be a sermon illustration today. No judgment. It's all right. I have a bucket of fruit and we've got to get to this point and I got to wait till it gets in everybody's hands so we've got to make that point. So there is a manifestation, in my opinion, on your wellspring and that is the fruit of the spirit and I really am going to be quick this morning because I will tell you wholeheartedly, um, when you start digging into the fruit of the spirit, uh, it it has frustrated me um, because there's a lot of avenue in it that I fail. But this has looked good, and I feel bad because all the kids ended up leaving except for a handful. But all the kids, well, I want a grape, I want a grape, and, and these are to eat. And here's what I need. I need, there's, there's apples in here and grapes. And Trevor's going to walk around, and you're going to take something, and you're going to eat it, and you're going to like it. I drove to Sam's yesterday to pick this up in Jesus' name, and I want to share with you because you got to munch on it for a little bit to get to the point. So I don't know how you want to just pass that around. And it doesn't hurt my feelings if you take a grape or an apple. But I think, I mean, you can, but I did wash it. You can ask, yeah, this morning I was like, I'm going to have to rinse these off or I'm going to get lectured when somebody takes a bite and they taste fertilizer or something. But they came from Sam's. Nothing bad can be at Sam's, right? You still have to wash it? Always? All right. All right, so there is a point. So as I see as I see the identification of that inner wellspring that I have and I own, and it's the indwellment of the Holy Spirit inside of my life, but I know that very often I can throw trash on it, so I am not as clean of a witness to others. My fruit does not show up for other people to have. I have one more piece of scripture that I want to read. Uh, oh, my note says we are flawed. I think that was supposed to say I am flawed. If you hang out with me long enough, you'll realize that I'm somewhat of a flawed individual. You don't say amen there. Thank you. But if I hang out with you long enough, I'd find that you're the same way. We are flawed individuals. That's by design. That's what all 66 of these books teach us to work on. All right, if I'm going to read John 15, it says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because the word I have spoken to you remain in me and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. We've got a theme here. I don't know if y'all noticed that. 
Apart from me, you can do nothing. And if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Nobody wants to read that. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. Y'all seeing the theme here? Yes, thank you. Showing yourselves to be my disciples, of which we want to be. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. That's why I will tell you, bite it. Just crack it open. Do it. Yeah, you can eat right now, absolutely. It won't make that much of a mess I'm, that, I, that I know of. There, thank you, sir, in the back. I, I've been looking at it all morning, and I should have eaten breakfast. Um, I don't know if it's a good apple, it's a Fuji, and I ain't going to lie to you. When I told my wife yesterday when we were at Sam's, I said, I want to get 150 big apples so everybody can have an apple if they want one. Then I realized that was going to cost me 80 bucks. And I love y'all. And I think God can make a servant illustration if I got some grapes too. I ain't even going to lie. <clears throat> cool part is the grapes are seeded grapes. If you've got one in your mouth and you're like, my gosh, what's in that? Uh, this point doesn't make it if it's a seedless grape because that's weird. It just doesn't happen. So let, let's get on to my point of this morning and, and I will be done in five minutes. Here's my point. If I realize that we have a inner wellspring springing up into everlasting life, that is... What we are, our YouTube channel is frozen. That's ADHD at its finest. And technology and the devil, it's not on. All right, so we have an inner wellspring. That is what the Holy Spirit has indwelled in us so that we can give to other people. It's so we don't have to go back to the well every time we are feeling a need in some sort of way. He says, I will be with you. And there it is inside of you. But the manifestation, in my personal opinion, is that fruit of the Spirit. And I have to be very careful this morning when I say fruit of the Spirit because I, maybe unlike many of you, have always said it differently. And I will be the first one to tell you that I'm going to look redonkulous here for a minute and expose my own failures. But Luke said something like a year and a half ago, and I let it ride for a minute. And then I start to study more. And, and nowhere, you'll hear a lot of people say the fruits of the Spirit. It's not plural. It's one which is no big deal to say until you start to really think what that means. And that's where the hurtful part begins because I don't know if you know me long enough, you've heard me say that patience is not a fruit of the spirit that grows on a tree near my house. Great, right? It sounds funny. It's a cop out that I'm not the most patient guy in the world. But the problem is, is when Luke starts talking about it's the fruit of the spirit, it's either one or none. And that's the part that starts to stink. I ain't even gonna lie to you. When you start to dig in and study down, you realize that you either have it or you don't. It's all or it's nothing. You have the fruit of the Spirit, and that's the evidentiary value of your outward fruit as y'all stare at that bucket this morning and go, that looks good. It's either one, it's either all or none. So for me to say out loud, I'm not a patient man, then I don't possess to you the fruit of the Spirit, which it's all, love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now, I did write a note because this is something that y'all can study on your own a little bit more in depth, but, um, no, I didn't write a note. How do we do? More grapes than apples? More apples? Thanks. I will, but I, I can't do that well. 
Eat that apple. Get the apple. Did you wash your hands? I did. All right. All right. It's on the other side of my notes, but um, don't confuse personality traits for spiritual fruit. Um, I would say that's just a bellwether on your own spiritual side. I, I did a lot of studying this week because um, Luke said something last week. I, I went to Sunday school for the first time in a long time, and I just typically don't have time to go to Sunday school uh, in between you know, the chair setting up and any other excuse that I might make to not have to listen to two different things in my mind on a Sunday morning. But I went to Sunday school last week, and Luke got into talking about the fruit of the Spirit, and it got to be offensive pretty quickly because I realized that some of those traits, um, if you know me well enough, you know that I probably don't have the most patience. Um, and so then I started thinking about, you know, it was a stop. <clears throat> too, too close to the front for people for you to, your amen to happen like that. But there are a lot of character flaws that I may or may not have, and those are things that I want to work on. But the problem is, is as I studied this week, because I, I wanted to start 2022 with one of those sermons on, you know, where are you in 22, kind of, you know, catchy theme, you know, oh, put that picture up. I don't know how to make that picture work this morning, but that's my life. Is it, is you? Yeah, we'll just leave that there for a moment. Uh, that was the third portion of my sermon, and I don't know that we're going to get there, but we're going to leave that there for a minute, and it may segue me because I'm trying to figure out how to put all of this together. But the internal says that when I met Jesus at that well of my own personal life, and I, he chose me, I went there, he gave me that well that springs up any time that I need it. I have to give that well and that upspringing of that well to others. The manifestation of that is the fruit that I of which possess. Um, I could very easily um, staple, let's see, I could very easily staple beautiful roses onto a dead rose bush that would look good for a little while, right? You know, this fruit that I, nobody likes grapes. It's because I said they're seeded grapes, wasn't it? <laughs> Sorry. Execution was terrible. But the manifestation of that well in your life is the fruit that you show. And it's just like character that fruit shows up even when you don't know somebody else is watching. That's the hardest part about the fruit of the Spirit is that people see it when you're not trying to show it to them. Does that make sense? So it just has to be, and it has to be correct. And whether you staple pretty flowers onto a dead rose bush, it's only good for a minute. And the only way that that fruit of the Spirit can continue to grow, as I studied more this week, I said, well, how do I grow in patience, Lord? Because I feel like that's my worst spot as a dad, as a husband, as just an ADHD-filled loudmouth. I feel like patience is that one spot. How do I grow in patience? And at the end of the day, he kicks me in the forehead every single time and says, you don't grow in patience, you grow in me. You go back to the well where you once started. Amen? This is hard. It's been rough all week. I, and that's why I called Luke this morning. I said, yeah, I freak out all the time. I make that excuse, but I really don't know how to make the two go together. But at the end of the day, that fruit that you are eating is nourishment for those that don't know that Savior or that wellspring that you've got. So if you can go back to that date, I want to land this plane, Ray. Come on, y'all just stand up here for a minute. We're going to land this plane. I don't even know what time it is. I took my watch off. I don't even care. It doesn't matter. The point, when the point is made, the point is the point. You've got that inner wellspring inside of you built. I can't grow in one of those individual fruits that are listed by itself. I have to go back to the master. I have to go back to that true vine. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. You will bear fruit. 
So if that fruit is not actually as full as it should be, the manifestation of this looks non-appealing to those that don't know Jesus. Here's how we'll segue. Look at the screen for a minute. I saw this picture last week, and uh, this is the world that we live in. This is the world that we live in from a government perspective. This is the world that we live in from Christianity. We have denominations day in and day out trying to take apart what happens inside of this book, and they, they leave that word happy and say, do whatever makes you happy. And while that feels good, Jesus said, I didn't come to make you happy. <laughs> there we go, and I didn't even have to ask for it. I ain't trying to get loud this morning, but seriously, the world wants you just to be happy when God says, I want you to be holy. Do whatever makes you holy, because this time is short and fleeting. That's where the world stands. So if I have to go back and I want to grow in that spiritual fruit, because we've just determined that, that, that getting people in here that don't know Jesus, I won't say is an abnormality, but it's not a strong tie every weekend. So you guys have to come in here week in and week out and lay the burdens down at the feet of Jesus that you are burdened. You have to look at your brother and sister in Christ and feel confident enough to lay your burden on them. Amen? You have to not be ashamed. It's always been a stigma. It's always been a stigma if somebody stands up and heads towards the altar. People are like, oh, I thought they were already saved. You could go and pray about a dog. doesn't matter. In this world, we have got to be unified because if we can show an entire bucket of all kinds of fruit to a lost and dying world that gets up every morning and says, I want to do whatever makes me happy. The minute that this guy right here dies, he goes to hell. There's, that's the reality. There's, there's no getting around that. We can have eternity to spend, but you have to do what makes you holy. You can't find in this book can't find in this book a place that says just do whatever makes you happy everywhere you look every time I tried to tie all this together this week everything went back to say do what makes you holy and I will do the rest in the youth group the other night we talked about the farmer tossing out seed and they're you know they, they find it a little bit weird that the farmer throws out seed and it ends up on the rocky way or on the pathway and I said the farmer doesn't care the seed is free the farmer's throwing that seed and whatever it lands, it lands. And he goes on about his job. And that's what we do day in and day out. But our wellspring that is living inside of us has to be flowing. If we've heaped so much trash on it that our wellspring is not flowing, nobody is eating that fruit. And even if you get to the bottom of that fruit, you see that it's good for the nourishment of other people. But it also has a seed inside of it. So when they are done getting nourished off of it and they throw it on the ground, it regenerates its own kind. And that's the only thing that we are supposed to do while we are alive here on earth. Amen? So I, I got one last passage, and this is how we do that. You keep playing. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins... Comma. 
He is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Let me read that again because I didn't give you all time to open it up and I didn't tell them I was reading it, so it's not up there. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, comma, He is faithful and He is just and He will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's how we get the trash off of our well. That's how we get back into 2022 and we start affecting it. We take a look at our well, we look at our wellspring, and then we look at the spiritual fruit that we possess. And we take an assessment. If it's up to snuff, awesome. If there's room for improvement, go see the author. Get back to that well. Get back to that wellspring that is in you. Clear some of that trash off. Amen? Good enough for me.